hammer time! What's up and welcome to the horror cast episode number 85 and tonight we sadly sadly say goodbye to the hammer franchise review that we've been doing i believe this is week nine uh of our hammer review and we uh as as a group of podcasters we have really all uh really enjoyed watching these movies some of them uh, a lot of them for the first time um, you know, just filling up a lot of blind spots that most of us had. And tonight we are going to be going into our second week of the new hammer or modern hammer horror. We are going to be talking about 2014's the quiet ones and this year's 2020s, the lodge. I am one of your hosts tonight, Mark Nato, and I would like to bring in two co-hosts uh, that I'm excited about because these, these two guys they make me feel so dumb when I'm when I'm in the room with them, right? You know, because they just both have a way of saying things, and I'm just like, "Yeah, I like the movie. It was good. It was scary, you know." But they have a way of, um, you know, putting things. So let's bring in uh, Mr. Watson first. What's up, Watson? Gentlemen, it's good to be here tonight. I, I'm fresh off work. Was able to make it this time. You you don't know how disappointed I was that work went late two weeks ago, and I was I was still working when you all would have been done recording and it was it was it was heart crushing because <laughs> i did had my notes ready i had questions for all y'all didn't get to ask them but great episode nonetheless because i'm a, i'm ever the, a listener ever a dedicated listener of the Horcast. so yes great so glad to be here to discuss these two films on our hammer films send-off yes well you know we missed you we missed you but uh let, let's let, real quick real quick what were your, uh, you know, numerical scores for the woman in black? And, um, what was the one that we, other one, other one we did? Wake, Wakewood. Yeah. Oh, I think Wakewood, I was something, I was in between a, I think I was at the 7.5 to eight in that range for Wakewood. And for the woman in black, I believe I, I don't have my notes ready, but I believe I was like at a seven and I rather okay. liked Vin's observation that while, you know, it has some really real nastiness to it. There is this odd haunted attraction gimmick kind of going throughout that didn't need to be there that might have elevated the whole the whole thing. And I might have a similar complaint with one of these films we'll be talking about tonight, actually. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, on that note, let's bring in Revenant Vin. What's up, Vin? What's up, Watson? It sounds like you and I might be thinking alike on this one again. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but just uh, really quickly with regard to this kind of, you, you kind of called it a send-off for Hammer. Um, you know, when we were going into this series, it was quite a few weeks that we were going to be doing this. And I didn't know if it was going to outstay its welcome, you know, if I was going to get tired of these things. But I definitely didn't. Um, if anything, it's really whetted my appetite and, you know, made me hungry for more Hammer. Uh, so this has been a pretty good series. And I feel like I've gotten an education on what hammer is and can't wait to go back and fill in some of those gaps that I still have. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. 
Yep. There is quite a possibility that next year we will be doing Hammer Part 2. Sweet. Uh, I, I would like to do that. It might not be quite nine weeks, <laughs> but um, I, w- I would like to talk a little bit more about some of these other movies that we just didn't get to because they, they put it so many of them out, you know, uh, especially in, in the uh, 50s, 60s and 70s. And um, yeah, so we need to to get back into it sometime and uh, we will. We will. Well, we're going to take just a very quick break. When we get back, we're going to get right into the quiet ones. Hey, love horror movies. Yeah, so do we. Handpicked by experts, psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies, killer kids, black magic, vampires, shutter kills, Netflix on selection, screams on demand, shutter.com. All right, we're back and uh, we're going to be talking uh, about 2014's The Quiet Ones. I wanted to just say this this movie, it's 2014, it's technically newer but we're gonna spoil it i mean it's been what eight years (laughs) since this thing came out almost uh six i don't know six what's the math six seven almost and uh so but i think in order to really talk about this uh we're gonna need to spoil it so just be warned and also we're gonna put it out there that we are going to do a spoiler free section for the lodge and then we're gonna just you know, put a little spoiler warning again, and then we're going to spoil the lodge because the lodge is a movie that we just kind of need to dig into a little bit extra. So, uh, just so you're warned. Okay. So the quiet ones guys, um, I want to give you a, a synopsis here. An unorthodox college professor leads his best students off the grid to perform a dangerous experiment to create a poltergeist. Operating under the theory that paranormal activity is triggered by negative human energy, the group uses a series of tests to push a young woman to the edge of sanity. Frightening occurrences with unspeakable consequences subsequently unfold, leading the researchers to the realization that they have unleashed a force more terrifying than they could have imagined. All right, well, let's roll this trailer. When we get back, we'll talk about who's in it and what we thought. What is the supernatural? What if you could prove that the supernatural was merely a manifestation of what already exists in the mind? If we can cure one patient, we cure all mankind. What story are you looking for? Are you a believer? I suppose I don't know what I believe in. I hope you don't scare easily. Welcome to the experiment. What's wrong with her? She was abandoned. She remembers nothing from her past. Families would keep her for a bit. Then things would happen. Don't look into her eyes. Don't say anything to her. What if she's just a vessel? You're not alone, are you? There's something there with you, isn't there? What is it? 
something bad inside of me. scared because you can't explain what you've seen. You will need your strength for what lies ahead. Okay, we are back. That was the trailer for The Quiet Ones. Uh, the Quiet Ones came out in theaters April 25th, 2014. It was rated PG-13 for intense sequences of violence and terror, sexual content, thematic material, language, and smoking throughout. Smoking uh, directed throughout? Smoking <laughs> throughout. And it was it was in 1974, so yep, they were all smoking. Yeah, they the, were. The, the hot chick was smoking in the bathtub. You know, remember that? You know, smoking as, you, as in one the does. Professor was uh, smoking while teaching a class too, so doesn't mean to see very often. Yes, the only thing that would have been better is if you'd have seen like a doctor in his office. You know, right. somebody That's the best. dropping ashes on the patient. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it was directed by John Pogue, written by John Pogue, Oren Moverman, Craig Rosenberg, and Sam Claflin, and um, it was a. Uh, Basically, yes, it's a Hammer movie. It was also the studio that put it out was Lionsgate. So I'm assuming what happened is, is Hammer saw this and and you know, kind of scooped it up and put their their stamp on it or their name, or maybe it was the other way around. I don't know. I don't know. But it is associated with Hammer. Uh, it stars Jared Harris as Professor Joseph Coupland, uh, Sam Ka- uh, Claflin as Brian McNeil, and. I was like, I was like, where is this guy from? Like, what is he from? Like, I've seen him. Uh, he's like one of those actors where you've seen him a lot and you don't even have any idea who he is. He's actually in The Nightingale uh, from last year. And he was in The Hunger Games, a couple of The Hunger Games and The Huntsman, uh, Winter's War, and a couple, couple of other movies. Me Before You with... Um, uh, the chick from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's very familiar, and this was one of his first movies, uh, Sam Claflin. Um, Aaron Richards as Chrissy Dalton, and she's the chick from uh, Gotham. Anybody ever watch Gotham? I haven't, but I could start. <laughs> yeah, she ends up, uh, she's like the the um, the girlfriend of Commissioner Gordon when he's a, just a regular beat cop, and... Um, she turns bad, you know, Ooh. spoiler, but she's a pretty good villainess. Uh, Royal Rory Fleck burnt as Harry Abrams and Olivia cook as Jane Harper. Um, any of you guys like Olivia cook? I, I, I like almost everything she's in. She's been in, oh, she was very good in this. Yeah. yeah she's, same. She, she was most definitely the standout mm-hmm. in this. Um, how, how was, old is she? Mark Nato. Well, in this movie, she had just turned 18. Okay, good. That's yeah. all I'll say. <laughs> yes. Did you think she was younger? She she kind of looks a little bit younger. It, listen, it's tricky these days. I, I just check dates, do a little math, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you do get, get a little bit of a booby shot there for oh, Olivia Cook there in here. And I was like, okay, well, wasn't expecting that. 
but um, she she started out in TV, like with the BBC network. She was in a mini series called The Secret of Crickley Hall, which was actually pretty good. It's a little horror, haunted house type thing. And then she was in a movie from 2014, right before this, called The Signal. Oh, uh, that's okay. that's a pretty pretty good movie. Yeah. Um. Uh, so this was after that, and then she went on. She's she's kind of done some horror. She she was in the god awful Ouija. Um, not the second one that um, <laughs> was actually pretty decent, but the first one, uh, the Limehouse Gollum uh, movie from 2016, starring Bill um, Bill Nye. Did you ever see that one? That's actually a pretty decent little uh, horror crime mystery thriller kind of uh, Jack the Ripper esque type movie. So if you haven't yeah, seen yeah. that, you should probably see it. And, uh, and, and then she was in Thoroughbreds with um, um, Anya Taylor-Joy, which was not really a horror movie, but kind of a thriller. And then a lot of people will know her from Bates Motel and Ready Player One. So she's she's kind of went from this movie, which, by the way, can you guess what the budget was on this movie? I was shocked. Hmm. I'm bad at this type of stuff. Vin, what do you got, yeah. buddy? No, I don't know. <laughs> Only $200,000. I admit I was thinking in the million, though, like the yeah. one million mark. So right I on. Totally would not have guessed this movie uh, was $200,000 budget. Definitely I mean, not. I, I think it looks a whole lot better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I did read that they had to change the script quite a bit in order to fit the budget. So Yeah, because I, I think what that. they were looking for was, you know, more effects and and that sort of thing. And I think what they were forced to do was kind of, you know, kind of make it more of a, a story driven and, and really be sparse with the effects. And we'll talk about whether we thought that was a good move or not. So, um, let's go ahead and, and go around and, and give our first initial thoughts. Uh, if it's the first time you had seen it and what you thought, and I'm going to, I'm going to let uh, Watson come in first today. Sure, sure. Great. So before I actually do give my initial thoughts, had any of you ever heard of the case that I guess largely inspired this movie? No, that came up on the screen based on a a true story. And I just had to roll my eyes because isn't everything based on a true story? (laughs) Everything is, uh, you know, typically. And but this one actually does have some basis. um, I mean, more or less, mainly less in an actual experiment called the Philip experiment or the Philip phenomenon. And I read the book years back that, uh, it, that, that was written about it called conjuring up Philip an adventure in psychokinesis. And so the Philip phenomenon, I'll just really quickly explain that it took place in Toronto, Ontario in 1972. And the idea here was that members of the Toronto society for psychical research had wanted to study the conventions of the seance, right? So the doctor in charge, a Mr. Dr. Owens, Mr. Doctor, had this hypothesis that ghosts have an objective reality, but they are created out of the minds of those who see them. So Owen and his group, they asked themselves like, okay, by using knocks, one knock being yes, two knocks being no, is it possible to communicate not with a spirit entity, but with the idea of a spirit? So then what they did after that, they straight up manufactured their own ghost. They named him Philip. Gave him a whole complex and tragic backstory and then proceeded to 
communicate with Philip using a 19th century spiritual, a spiritualist method of conducting seances called table turning. That's mm -hmm. where, you know, every, it's, it's everything, every seance scene you see is they're doing that. It's where everyone sits around a table, hands lightly on top of it, and you wait for movements and rotations and knocks and such. And so the definitive book on this experiment, if anyone's interested in it, is called Conjuring Up Philip, an Adventure in Psychokinesis. And you can find articles all about it, but what ultimately happened was inconclusive. Some strange things were reported to have happened, flickering lights, the table would move, Philip would talk to them and answer questions. They even televised one of the sessions, if I remember correctly, and other groups have replicated the experiment. You know, some people think that they really did create their own ghost. Some believe they tapped into the Jungian collective unconscious and manifested a poltergeist and some believe it's all just a bunch of BS. I think that everyone, though, across the board agrees that no matter what, it was a fascination exploration in, into group dynamics in a setting mm -hmm. like that. So that's just kind of what The Quiet Ones was going off of there. So I, I yeah, did have that in loose. mind. because That's that? a loose. <laughs> this oh, is a loose, loose interpretation of that then, right? Absolutely. So, But my first impression is this was a first time viewing for me. And, you know, I, I found it to be a... A mixed bag, I guess, if anything, in terms of its technical and aesthetic merits, like we were talking about just a few minutes ago, this film gets a lot right. It looks good. It sounds good. It's shot and edited rather well. I think that Jared Harris and Olivia Cook turn in exceptional performances. There are even certain story avenues down which the film chooses to go that I, I really found compelling. On paper, there's a lot here that one could easily sink their teeth into. We've got this possibly supernatural mystery on our hands here, replete with many of the the tried-and-true familiar sub-genre trappings that we know and love, as well as a few that had potential, okay? Just remember I said that. Mm -hmm. Had potential to elevate this film above its mediocre cohorts. You know, I dig the hubris of the early 70s academia, you know, that the film's trying to demonstrate here with our professor. I like the poltergeist versus demonic entity debate that's at the heart of Jared Harris's whole you know, so-called treatment and all that, demonic entities, right? They're these beings from outside the human experience, whereas poltergeists are often thought of as psychokinetic manifestations that come from within. So, you know, this professor's humanist approach, not humanistic, by the way, is consistent with the side of the argument that would say that nothing supernatural is actually happening, whereas we, the viewer, aren't so sure. So I dig that tension, but Gosh, uh, despite what I, everything I just said, and despite my love for the band Slade, you know, who wrote that original "Come On, Feel the Noise," that Quiet Riot would <laughs> yeah. popularize uh, like ten years later, uh, this this film feels like too many cooks stood around in that <laughs> proverbial kitchen, throwing things into that pot, as it were, to see what might happen. And when you consider that there were three writers on this project who were working to adapt Four. another writer's short film, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, even more. The ineffective scarehouse tactics that I mentioned earlier and the convoluted story points, you know, with a plot twist here, plot twist there, it became painfully apparent just all that did. And so while I'm not angry that I watched the movie, because I, I did enjoy some of it, it, it was I, I just found it was nothing to write home about. I, I was confused through some of it, and I don't feel like I should have been, <laughs> you know? Yep, yep. Okay. Hey, understood, understood, man. Um, what about you, Vin? Um, this is one, I mean, I could, I'm going to echo a lot of what Watson was saying there. Um, I had seen this one shortly after it was released. What I remembered before his recent watch was that I remember thinking that the production quality was quite good. Uh, but the ending, which I couldn't really recall <laughs> this time before watching it again was disappointing. 
Um, upon this rewatch, I was really hoping that the film would sit better with me. But I have to say, for the most part, the opposite was true. Um, you know, I still recognize the quality production, the period setting details. I enjoyed the performance, like I said, of Olivia Cook. Um, but the feel, it, it feels too much like a bunch of jump scares strung together. You know, what I found mildly frustrating in The Woman in Black became very aggravating in this film. Yes. As every few minutes, a jump scare needed to happen, and they would crank the sound levels up, you know, as much as they could to make you jolt each time. Um, and I'm not against the use of jump scares, uh, but I think they should be used sparingly to remain effective. And I don't like it when they're used to substitute atmosphere. Um, it's It ends up being kind of a lazy way to generate a scare and... And for me, it resulted in a movie uh, with not enough character moments. You know, we spend over an, an hour and a half with a fairly small cast. And I don't feel like I really got to know many of them at all. You know, the, the professor gets a little bit of depth in the last 10 minutes. So that's about it. Um, you know, the, the two the two student assistants, you know, wh- what do you know about them other than they have a sex life? That's about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, but because of all this, you know, the repetitive nature of the second act, the movie felt much longer than it is, you know, except for the last act, which actually feels rushed. I don't know. I like a slow burn, but this isn't even that. It's just a string of jump scare set pieces with a kind of a thin strand of story holding it together. Yeah, and just, I don't know. At one point, I found myself getting tired, and I checked, you know, my watch, and uh, only an hour had gone by, and it felt like it had been an hour and a half. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, kind of like you said, there were some good things in here. Um, this is a movie that I wanted to like. You know, this is a movie that has a lot of those things going for it that I enjoy. You know, the kind of like the the religious, you know, explanation versus scientific and, you know, the, how they try to incorporate almost like a found footage feel at certain times and all that kind of stuff. Um, it should have hit it should have hit, hit for me, uh, but it didn't. And yeah, um, can't say can't say I left the film excited. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well. There's is in no universe do I think this is a uh, a, a great movie. Um, I, I I don't see what you're saying. I really don't. I don't. I didn't see that it was just a bunch of jump scares strung together. I, I thought it was actually until the third act, not a whole lot of jump scares at all. You know, I thought it was more of uh, you know their experiment going on. Um, and a relationship building there between um, uh, Jane and, and Brian. And um, I, I just didn't, I didn't feel like, you know, to me, like almost enough was happening uh, that, that was, um, you know, like you said, jump scary or atmospheric. But um, I, I do think that uh, it, it, it impressed me that it was not just another run of the mill possession movie. You know, I like possession movies, um, and this this is a possession movie, but it, it kind of didn't feel like one until, you know, the last 15 minutes, the last 15, 10, 10 15 minutes where it kind of, you know, there, there's one little uh, part that has some crappy CGI or something coming out of her mouth, whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but that was the only, like, to me, like, thing that happened, you know, during that that those first two acts that was more like jump scary. I, I'm not sure. Uh, and I just watched it again today. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not really feeling what you were um, talking about. I, I you know, have to say I'm so. kind of surprised about that. 
Yeah, I just I just don't feel that. I I understand exactly what you were talking about with the woman in black, you know, because yeah, there was a lot of walking around a dark house and boo, you know, type thing. This one I didn't feel had that. Um, I, I kind of felt like it was really doing a lot to build the character of Jane, and um, and then again Brian, the cameraman who's not a, a student at Oxford, he's just brought in to 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 look, uh, you know, do the camera work, and he ends up kind of having empathy for her, and you know, I guess almost like falling for her, and um, you know, so I don't know, I, I just. I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think it was, you know, perfect. I think that it could have been a, a, a lot better, but I will take this any day over something like, uh, you know, uh, the devil inside or, yeah. Yeah. you know, something like that. You know, that's just me. That's just me. <clears throat> or what's that other one that had, was it the devil inside the one with Anthony uh, Hopkins in it? That was the right the right. That's another crappy one. You know, I don't remember I'll take this one. Hmm. Yeah. I'll take this one over, over those two any day. And uh, I'll take this one over the last exorcism as well. Oh, I, same here. Uh, you know, I, I like what you said that it doesn't, it really doesn't feel like a possession movie. And so uh, walk me through the events of that third act. So, you know, obviously the, the push and pull of the movie is, you know, we, we have our professor, who believes, mm-hmm. okay, this is a, you know, a poltergeist type thing. This is something that she is manifesting that's from within her, not something from without, you know what I mean? Something something external. But then, you know, obviously we as the viewer aren't so sure about that. Then we find out that there was some cult involvement. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it, his whole thing, like you said, is that he thinks that Evie is yeah. almost like a poltergeist manifestation of her. And he thinks that he can manifest it and then isolate it so that he can then get it away from Jane. Right. Yeah. And cure all um, mental illness. I remember him saying, and I was like, right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, I mean, but, he doesn't, he doesn't believe in the supernatural. Yeah. Right. He, be- right. he believes that whatever it is, is just, you know, the manifestation of the, the negative energy or yeah. whatever. And that, so, that goes back to like the 1920s. Oh the yeah. Kind of things mm-hmm. that people were saying, you know, um, but so that's the whole thing there. But what he doesn't realize is that she's not manifesting this thing, that she actually has basically a demon. You know, there is a genuine demon that and, is basically attached to her. And she um, doesn't so, even know it. No. So that's why, I mean, even to call it a possession film, it's not quite a it, possession, it, it, you know. It, it, but it is a possession. It's it's uh, this cult or whoever had had attached this demon to her and then you know they changed her name from yeah, what, but evie the way that you're saying like attached i mean when i think possession this is something that's been taken over by the demon and that's not quite what it is it seems like they're more like they're you know it's almost like a a relationship that they have you know like they're they're attached but um but does she remember like maybe does she like have blackouts and like wake up and rem- not remember she what doesn't seem to remember until the last act anything. Yeah, until mm-hmm. what Evie is doing. So it's almost like, you know, there are times where Evie takes over and well, I don't know. It seems like no, it, no, cause I don't think so. Cause that would suggest that she's like leaving rooms and doing things. That's not what's happening. Evie is leaving her and doing things, you so know, he's leaving Jane. 
yeah, but leaving necessarily, Jane, right? Like, the entity is, okay. is not is not making Jane do things necessarily. The entity is leaving Jane periodically to go do things, and then comes back to her. Yeah, so, so it is attached to her in, intrinsically, and so what we find out this cult had wanted to use her to raise this demon. I, I, I don't know why I only watched this a couple days like ago, a and it's so hazy. Or something like that. Well, I mean, okay. it's not very well written, honestly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. Uh, when the reveal comes, it's a little bit like what you know. Um, yeah, they they're so heavy handed in the opening credits with like, you know, showing uh woodcuts of witch covens and. <laughs> You know, demonic packs, and then it doesn't play a role at all until like the last fifteen minutes. You're supposed to remember all that stuff. Um, I didn't. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, that... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's not very. It's not entirely clear, and they 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 kind of breeze over things so quickly when they're talking. It's yeah. very easy to miss certain points that they're discussing. Gosh, I like that idea though. I, I if if you put it all on paper and you say this happened, then this happened, then this happened. I'd be like, yo, that sounds great. Like that okay, but Yeah, if this if, if you just if you just looked at the plot of this, you could totally see how it could work. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think um, uh, I'm with with uh Watson. Uh, there were too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And and too many ideas and they, they chose to maybe focus on some of the wrong things. Yeah. Uh <laughs> you know, uh, where I, I thought that I thought the beginning uh was actually really well done, like with with um, the the opening credits and showing all this background. But then, like you said, it kind of gets put in the back burner uh, until boom, it pops back up. You know, yeah, well, I think that the uh, the whole second act just gets very repetitive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, you you said you didn't see a lot of jump scares, but I, I definitely think that it was filled. With, it even had fake ones, like the dude like banging on the window to scare people. I mean, um, totally unnecessary ones as well. Uh, but it was just kind of like you know, scare, rinse, repeat, and it just kept doing that over and over again. And meanwhile, the story wasn't really moving. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we were supposed to feel something with like Jane and what's his face, but all it was was like some sexual tension. You know, <laughs> no, I didn't think so. I, I was, I, I was so. feeling it. I was feeling it. I mean, I didn't think like it, it wasn't something like Jack and Rose from Titanic, but I mean, <laughs> uh, it, I was feeling like there, there was a connection there. Um, you know, especially there, that, that tub scene, um, where she, she was talking about, you know, how she was feeling on growing up and, mm-hmm. and, um, never really, uh, feeling like herself and all that. I, I thought there was some, some good dialogue there. Uh, yeah, but she I, wasn't like fully clothed, you know, in a snowsuit telling him this. She's naked in a tub. Like it's so much of it is about sexual tension, you know? Um yeah. I, I don't I don't see a lot more well, to their it's, relationship. It's men and women, man. Really it's men and women. There's sexual tension, okay? There's no denying that she's obviously a, because a everybody's hot banging each woman. other in this house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they'd have got the ugliest actress they could have, then there'd have been no tension, right? Uh, no matter oh, what, not at I mean, all. The, the blonde just keeps bouncing back and forth between the other two guys. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I couldn't quite tell. I'm like, wait, is she actually in a relationship with anybody? I don't think so. Right? I think this is just no. She's a floater, and right, she, yeah, you know, she was there to kind of be the. I don't know if she was had some sort of a a nursing background or some sort of a medical, but she was there to kind of you know monitor blood pressure and give injections and stuff, you know, isn't it kind of sad that you spent over an hour and a half with this character and you don't really know exactly where her function is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I knew what it was, (laughs) you know, 
I knew what Those it was. Those knee socks, that's her function. Ooh, yes. <laughs> knee socks, baby. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed the, um, uh, the little part where, like I said, she was smoking in the tub and then the, in the bath water started boiling. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was a great scene. I like that. It was that. a decent scare. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I will, I will, I will definitely agree with you that, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely could do th- some things better, but I just didn't see it as jump scare to jump scare. I, that's not how I saw it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't feel that way at all. Now, you know, if you look at something like Ouija, yeah, that's what it is. It's jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, you know. But I thought this had a little bit more meat on the bones than than what you're giving it credit for. That's just me. It's just me. Because I, I possession films are one of my favorite subgenres of horror. Same. And this one, it just, it just seemed like it was a little bit different than the normal. You know, I... I, I really, you know, I enjoy Emily Rose because that's not a normal possession film. I mean, that, that's a courtroom drama, you know, disguised as a possession film. And and this one seemed like a, you know, scientific experiment type film disguised as a possession film. And I like how they um, they did uh, mix in there that found footage with the professor's son. And, and that gives him a little bit of depth, you know, because his son died um kind of with the same kind of you know conflict that that Jane had and you know I I, I just I liked it man I really did I mean I, I don't I think mean, it's I, perfect. Wouldn't, I wouldn't classify this film first as a possession film in either like yeah. you yeah, know I, I mean what... there's something that you can maybe characterize as possession but I mean this is much more of a paranormal film yeah it's definitely you know? a supernatural paranormal it's just revolving around one person yeah poltergeist mm-hmm. whatever yeah. you uh you know want to but but I I don't know. I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a possession film. I don't know. So, okay. Well, uh did you what do you think about the uh the score? Did anybody even notice the score? I noticed a lot of Slade. They they used that song a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was yeah. that was that was to torture her. It was? You know, did you, yes. That was the whole thing was to um they wanted awake? to like drive her to the limit. They wanted to keep her up, keep her emotions. Not, yes, like, not let her height. sleep. Yeah. You know, okay. Play this horrible song over and over again. Sleep <laughs> deprivation. Yeah, that's that's what they were doing. They were trying okay. to. Yeah. You know. I wondered about the repetition of that song and was like, I don't know if, if they paid for the rights to it over. You know, and like we're using this. Okay, that, that it, it's it's almost that like uh, you know over in Iraq uh, they were using uh, uh, Metallica or something oh. as uh, like uh, torture device. Or yeah. Something we're gonna play Master of Puppets, or like Autonomo or something, right? Or, yeah. yeah. But um, and I'm like, shoot, you could play that a million times. That wouldn't bother me at all. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I, I I thought that the score to this was really unique because it wasn't a lot of um, um not a not a lot of instrumentation. There's some synth type stuff going on, but it was like the instruments in the house, um, like he the they would use those those sounds, and there's just kind of like these sounds underneath instead of oh. like music and. I thought it was very interesting and and very scary uh, to me. I I thought it was, you know, uh, because a normal possession or poltergeist movie, like, you know, they're going to have like a normal um, 
you know, score. And this is the first time I've ever heard something like that where it's, you know, maybe like a, a machine in the back is going, you know, and what, it, what they do is they, they really um, amplify that. And instead of it being a, an instrument, it's this machine. You know, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. Um, I liked every character in it as far as, you know, the acting. I mean, the, these are, except for Rory Fleck Byrne, who I don't really know, the other four, Jared Harris, Sam Claflin, Aaron Richards, and Olivia Cook, are all, like, really good actors and actresses and have gone on to bigger and better things. I mean, Jared Harris has been around for forever. Uh, he also was in the, the Poltergeist remake. Uh, Thank you. I could not remember. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and He feels like he belongs in a Hammer film. <laughs> he, oh, yeah. He does. You know? <laughs> he does. Yeah, he, he, he's like... Um, I think he would be akin to Peter Cushing. Would would Peter Cushing uh, take this role if it was made in 1974? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the Peter Cushing role. Yeah, yeah. and you know how much I love me some Cushing, so all yeah, right, yeah. heck yeah. yeah. That's what I felt. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I just, I feel like I liked it more than both of you guys, and, <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, uh, maybe it was just. I thought Olivia Cook was so hot that I just was like, okay, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, was... There were definitely some good things. I mean, I do like the kind of experiment footage, you know, mm-hmm. the, they kind of give a, it, it's, it's an interesting touch because it kind of combines that, that found footage glitch Gothic aesthetic that yeah. you got in the late kind of two thousands, early 2010s, you know? Um, but they're combining that with a period piece. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. It's it's reminiscent of what Sinister was doing yeah. with their kind of found footage things. You know, and I think they were uh, that was released with the year this was filmed. Um, I don't know if there's any kind of influence uh, from Sinister, mm-hmm. but there's something. You know, they were both attempting something similar. I think with the the older the older reels and the found footage, um, it, yeah. it it works to an extent. I think. Yeah. Um, and Sinister is a better movie than this, absolutely. But um, th- this this is going to be honestly, if I were completely true, this is going to be too slow for the average horror fan. You know, I think sure. that the average horror fan is going to come out of this and say this this was boring, except for the last ten minutes. Um, that's just my thought, and and I I, I, I kind of like these kind of movies. I think that there's going to be a lot of people saying the same thing about our next movie, <laughs> you know, uh, that it was boring or that it was just too slow or whatever. But I, this is just kind of something that's right up my alley. And I, and it, it just spoke to me for some reason. And so it's okay, guys. It's okay. Anything else <laughs> good that anybody wants to say about it? I mean, I, I thought the cinematography was really good. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. I, I like looking how, film. Yeah. And I like how they used the, um, like you said, that uh, that that found footage or that that old grain um, projector film. Uh, I like. Uh, I understand the the period piece in in, in Sinister kind of did the same thing and no the Conjuring. Man, th- this was like to the T. I mean, I felt like I was in the seventies. Yeah, I really did. I, I, even all the equipment they had and the and the realistic like ginormous. Uh, movie camera that this guy has to lug around. <laughs> uh, you know, it was uh, uh, the wallpaper in the house, and they they had found. I, I watched a little 
um, making of, uh, you know, that might, that might have something to do with me liking it more. Cause once you know how a film is made and what kind of went into it, you kind of have a better pr- appreciation for it. Yeah, and I yeah. watched it today on my particular Blu-ray had a, like a little 15, 20 minute making of where they did all these interviews with people, um, the director and every, everybody who was in it. And, and, um, man, they, they just, uh, they found this, this house. Did you think the house was cool? Yeah. I, th- I thought the setting was, was really effective. I liked it really, yeah. really beautiful, but creepy is, is all get out. Yeah. yeah same. To me, this house was like almost like a character in itself, uh, even though they don't really shoot it in a lot of ways that kind of make it because it's not a haunted house movie. You know, there's nothing, you know, about the house that's supposed to be haunted, but they could have, I think. And it was awesome because they showed this house. It, it was this like townhouse. And then right, right connected to it was this huge like brick and glass modern office building. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Like looks like it was built in 2000, you know, nine. And so like all the angles that they, you know, had to use so oh, that sure. they would show the house instead of this, you know, mm. but it, it was just kind of neat how they did it. And, um, you know, I was kind of impressed with that, but, uh, that's how they knew, they knew like, uh, and, and did you know, like this little doll that they found, uh, that they wanted to use uh, the the little doll that uh, Evie was supposed to inhabit, right? Yeah. Uh, they found that doll in that house, <laughs> in the in the wall of the house. What? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And they used it, and everyone thought it was creepy, and like no one wanted to touch it. <laughs> yeah, definitely spray some Lysol on that bad boy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I thought for what it was and, and it really impressed me that it was only $200,000 budget that just to me to get those level of actors and actresses and to have that good of a, uh, you know, camera work and, and, um, art direction and all of that. I, I just thought it was, I thought it was well done, but it's definitely not a, a perfect movie and it, I'll show that in my score. It's not going to be like a raving thing, but I do recommend it. Let's go ahead and rate it. Okay. Um, I'm going to come in at, at a seven, a seven out of 10. I, I don't think it's uh, you know, a perfect movie, but it, it's something that I might uh, definitely revisit. I don't think it's going to be something I'm going to have to watch on a regular basis, but I will revisit it. Um, cause, cause I enjoyed it. So, uh, Vin, would you give it? I'm actually not that far from you. I mean, I know I was hard on the film. I don't think it's a disaster. Uh, I'm sure many people will enjoy it. For me, it's it's kind of a seen it and done, you know, not one I'm going to keep returning back to. So mm-hmm. I'm just a little bit below you. I'm at six point five. Okay, okay. It's weird how our <laughs> our ratings. Yeah, I definitely like this movie a lot more than you, and we're only a half a point ahead. You know, I'm going to change it. I got I give it a seven and a half. There you go, <laughs> seven and a half. Um, I was actually okay. going to suggest you you do the same when I get to my final thoughts here because I, I'm right there with Vin. I'm also at a 6.5 out of 10. I think you know there's almost meat on the bone here, and I wish the film had spent a little more time examining some of the story's loftier concepts, which seem like they fade away really quickly as a result of just flat out inattention. Uh, you know, it's so convoluted with you know all those cooks in the kitchen. And about 10 years back, what's really cool is I was gifted a year-long membership into the American Society for Psychical Research, which gave me access to all these fascinating parapsychology cases, 
So things like this are definitely up my alley. I find studies like these intriguing. And, you know, I, I feel like I would have valued this movie a little more if it had leaned into the philosophical and methodological side of things a little more. But, you know, that said, this is a technically adept movie on many levels and quite watchable if not really super impressive. And I just like Vin said, I know it seems like, you know, we're coming down hard in this film, but I, yeah, I'm at that 6.5. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I, I was, I was thinking about giving this an eight, but I was like, nah, it, it's, <laughs> it's not an eight out of 10. It's not. So seven and a half. We're going to go seven and a half. Ooh. All right. Well, that's our review of the quiet ones from 2014. If it sounds like it's up your alley, give it a watch. It is available right now on Amazon Prime. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we are going to review The Lodge from this year. We're going to have a quick first impressions, spoiler-free review, and then we are going to sound the alarm again, and we are going to do a deep dive, uh, spoiler-filled review of The Lodge. So you can turn that off and come back to it when you have watched it. Or if you don't care, get spoiled. All right? So we'll be right back. I was like, hey, uh, oh. can you play the wake up playlist? Do you like this one? Turn that up. Louder. Alice. Oh my God, what is that? Don't touch it. It's a good song. No. Stop. No! What are you doing? I know it's a great song with its catchy melody and sing-along lyrics, but we cannot play that song. It's only a song. I'm just gonna play it one more time. Don't! Stop! Killer songs you can't resist. Spotify. All right, we are back, and we're going to get into The Lodge, uh, 2020. Actually, a 2019 film, but it just released here uh, at the beginning of May, right? No, 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 no. It released in the theaters, because I saw it first at the theater, I believe, in February. It was a real um, short, uh, uh, limited release, and then boom, coronavirus hit, and then... It was done, and it just came out on Blu-ray and VOD and all of that here at the beginning of May. Uh, again, we're going to talk about it, uh, non-spoiler, for a few minutes, and then we're going to get right into the spoilers. So let's go ahead and uh, give a synopsis. During a family retreat to a remote winter cabin over the holidays, father is forced to abruptly depart for work, leaving his two children in the care of his new girlfriend, Grace. Isolated and alone, a blizzard traps them inside the lodge as terrifying events summon specters from Grace's dark past. All right, well, let's roll this trailer. When we get back, we'll talk about who's in it and what we think. So, how would you feel about going to the mountains for Christmas with Grace? She really wants to get to know you guys. That's our mom's hat. Oh, I'm sorry. I... You okay? I don't want to leave you here with the kids if you're not feeling up to it. Uh, I'm feeling fine. It was my idea, and it took a couple days. I can do a couple days. Okay, guys, I'm off. 
Have fun. What is that? That's crazy. Everyone committed suicide except for her. Repent and you will find salvation. Guys! Things are very uncomfortable between us and we're stuck in a house together. Again, The Lodge just came out uh, February 7th, 2020, and a limited release came out on VOD and Blu-ray here at the beginning of May. It's 108 minutes long, rated R for disturbing violence, some bloody images, language, and brief nudity. This is uh, directed and written by uh, Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. They are also known for Goodnight Mommy. Did you guys see that one? Oh, okay. Yeah, this is uh, their follow-up mm-hmm. to Goodnight Mommy. So that that was uh, that got a lot of uh, uh, good reviews. So this one was their follow-up. Um, it stars uh, Riley Keough as Grace. And by the way, did not know this until uh, I did some research. Elvis's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. That's nice. right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, Jaden Martell as Aiden, uh, Leah McHugh as Mia, Alicia Silverstone as Laura, and Richard Armitage as Richard. Um, and then there's a couple more, but those are the main players. All right. Well, let's go ahead and, and get into our first thoughts. And I'm, I'm going to go first. This movie was on my radar last year. This came out at Sundance film festival January of last year and got, you know, really good reviews and it was supposed to come out at the end of last year. And I'm not sure what happened, but they just pushed it to the beginning of this year. So I was kind of upset. I was ready to see this last year and they pushed it. And that when they do that, that usually is not good news. It means they don't have a lot of confidence in the movie, especially if they push it to January or February. That's that's bye bye man territory, right? <laughs> so this came out, and I, I was first in line to see this at the theater. And my first impressions are: I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, it's got some flaws. Uh, I, I believe that this is 
not on the same level as say hereditary. Um, but I think that's what it's aspiring to be. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's good. It's aspiring to be something like a hereditary, but it, it doesn't quite get there. Yeah. But to me, it's still, uh, in my top five of the year. So we'll, we'll get into it. Um, Vin, what'd you think? Um, yeah, I've been struggling with how I feel about this film over the last couple of days. Um, because <laughs> uh, I don't know, tonally, uh, the film is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. I love the setting, the atmosphere, the gut punching first act. Um, you know, I found myself engaged in the possible paths the film was taking in the second act, mm-hmm. and I was ready to see where all those breadcrumbs were going to lead. And ultimately, the destination wasn't nearly as interesting to me as I wanted it to be. Um, you know, this is the kind of film that changes what type of horror film it is in the third act. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though you could see some of it coming, but still, you know, it's not entirely out of left field, but, um, and this is completely subjective, but I'm just not as enthralled or mentally engaged in the kind of film it ultimately decided to be, mm-hmm. you know, it, it reminds me in a way of, uh, incident in a ghost land from 2018 mm-hmm. that many people were raving about. And, you know, where that film goes from being one type of horror movie to another, and my enjoyment of that film diminished because I wasn't nearly as interested in where they wanted to take the second half. Uh, now, with The Lodge, I feel the third act is handled very well for what it wants to be. It just became less engaging, and I you was kind of disappointed. personally just wanted to go somewhere else. Yeah, right? well, it's well, it's not like I was just my hopes. Um, there were certain ways that it looked like it could have actually led based on what they were showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have done something different you know, with how it went. Um, but I was just kind of disappointed that they settled on a certain trope that mm-hmm. I kind of eh, am tired of uh, <laughs> in a certain way. It's done do, well. It just didn't excite yeah. me. I do agree that it would have elevated this film if there had been one more twist. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just when you think this is happening and like, oh, that's the twist. If they would have like, boom, and then, hit you with something uh, out of left field that might've been what, what elevated it. I feel like it it felt like somebody put a really intriguing puzzle in front of me. Mm -hmm. And just as I was getting into solving it, they swept all the pieces away and then just handed me like a picture instead. You know, I'm like, Oh, you know, it's, it's a nice picture, but that's not what I was going for. That's, that's not what I was excited about, you know? So it just, you know, it, it very well done by the end, just, Mm -hmm. Didn't excite me that right. that last act. That's all. All right, Watson. With the exception of uh, Vin's comments on Incident in a Ghost Land, because I, I, I rather liked that film. Me too. Uh, I, I, I agree completely with everything he just said, and also with with your assessment of it too, Mark Nato, in that it does feel like it is aspiring to be something like Hereditary or something uh, Ari Aster would do. And just like Vin said, I, I really do, as I sit here now, I, I feel like I am, as I am speaking, I'm still processing this movie. And I'm hoping our dis- discussion here tonight will help me clarify some things. Because on one hand, I'll tell you what, I appreciate the wickedness that lies at the heart of the story here. If, if so, It's like I said about The Quiet Ones. If someone were telling me, about the events of this movie, beat by beat, just listing things off. Okay, this happened, this happened, then that, you know, just one thing after another. I'd swear I was getting myself into something pitch black and nasty, and I Mm. like that. There's a scene in the first act, okay, involving Alicia Silverstone's character that Mm -hmm. was downright shocking. There are... It was quick. 
oh gosh, I, yeah. I, I was just sitting there just do do do, and then it, it it happens, and you know a decision's made about something, and yep. it's like oh well, yep. uh, I, and you're sitting at attention, and anyone you, you anyone who has seen this movie, you know what I'm talking about. There are yep. religious implications here that resonate throughout the story, and so when you couple together Alicia Silverstone's story arc with what happens in the film's third act. And if you're keeping those spiritual undertones in mind, there's a dark tale being told here that I can see lovers of A24 films latching onto. Mm -hmm. You know, all that said, it, it might require another viewing for me, but I'm not certain if the film actually provided me with the appropriate dread. Maybe, maybe it did. I think the dread was there, but maybe it was just like Vin said that maybe that satisfaction that the events of the story were telling me I should be feeling. I, I was simultaneously adoring the film's technical prowess and wondering if the payoff had already happened or not, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, so, you know, I'm, I'm, so I'm asking myself these questions, you know, to wrap up here, my, my initial thoughts, I'm, I'm asking myself, okay, did this film stretch my ability to suspend disbelief a little? And I'm like, okay, yeah, possibly. Did I find certain elements impressive? Yeah, definitely. And was I left wanting something I didn't feel I'd gotten, but almost did? I think so as well. So th those are my initial thoughts. And I, I think once we talk through what happened, I can sort of distill these thoughts into maybe some mm -hmm. sort of actual rating. Because as it is now, I have no numerical rating written. So Yeah. 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 This uh, – I watched it again today. It was my fourth time. Oh, nice. Um, because I, w I wanted to, like, really watch it with, like, you know – critical eyes because the first couple of times I'm watching, I'm just, I'm in, I'm in the experience. I'm immersed in the experience. And, uh, that's what I try to do. I'm not sitting there writing notes and stuff that, that kind of takes me out of it. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I've got, uh, I've still got some questions. <laughs> so, um, let, let's, let's just talk real quick. Non-spoilery. Um, film is very impressive cinematically. Oh yeah. Uh, uh Performance wise, uh, Riley Keough. Oh my gosh, she yeah. was really good. Yep. She had she had this way of expressing herself like you really didn't know what she was really feeling or thinking. Um, it was good that way. Uh, Jaden Martell is becoming one of my you know favorite young actors, and he's pretty he's pretty cruel in this movie. Oh geez, not not cool, cruel. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and and then uh, of course Alicia Silverstone's always good, and and the father Richard Armitage is good, but th this is a three person movie, you know. Um, and and Leah McHugh, the little girl, holy crap! Wow, yeah. The yeah the crying scenes. Mm -hmm. I was like, did they like kill her puppy? <laughs> right before because yeah. i believe her i believe oh, her it's and heartbreaking was, man yeah she's like, she saying too yeah oh yeah absolutely yes. um I, I, this is I, a heavy I, film yes heavy <laughs> especially the this first is like 10 minutes good popcorn <laughs> flick okay it was funny because uh you know my my wife wanted to watch you know a movie with me and i told her kind of the choices i'm like well i have to watch this one i have to watch that one um you know i told her i'm like this one is heavy I'm like do you want to watch this or you know you don't have to watch this one with me she's like no let's give it a shot and after the first 10 minutes like i look over and just tear factory you know <laughs> Oh geez, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you, you still want to do the next hour and a half? <laughs> yeah, you want to uh, go there? But, Are we yeah. going there? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, and, and I think that these directors ha- have a specific vision they're looking for, and I think they did a good job with it. Um, the score is great. Yeah. Uh, one thing that, and this is not really a, uh, a spoiler, but there's a use of a dollhouse in this movie. And I was like, mm-hmm. did they steal that from Hereditary? <laughs> there's a lot of Ari Aster type stuff. Yeah, well, I, you know, like I said, I think it's... The dollhouse with the grief. Mm-hmm. That yeah. camera work. You know, that, yeah. oh my God, that, you know, Ari Aster, the way he captures grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd mentioned that little girl, you know, yeah. there was definitely some Ari Aster. Oh, it reminded me of Tony Collette's. Yep. Right. Uh, you know, scene of yeah. grief there in her. I have goosebumps. Or even the beginning of Midsommar. Oh, yeah. yeah, that, that was yeah. one of my. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Florence Pugh's uh, scene mm-hmm. of grief. Too. I mean, the, yeah, I, I definitely see that. I, and, I, and I think I, I, I do believe that they're aspiring. And this is it's just something that is exciting to me. I think Ari Aster has raised the game, yeah. you know, and, and I think that if you if you have you seen Good Night, Mommy? I yeah. saw it when it first came out. Same yeah. here. Really good film in and of itself. It's good. Okay. It, it's it, it's not again not quite like hereditary level or whatever, but right. I think he's inspiring people to you know to push and, and to do better. And I think this is a step up over Goodnight Mommy, but I think they didn't go for the jugular, and that's I agree. That's my main thing. Uh, I still really, really enjoy this movie. I'm glad I own it. I got it on Blu-ray first day it came out. And and this oh, will nice. be in my rotation. I like it a lot. I, I bet it looks good on, on blue, huh? Phenomenal. Looks yeah, great. The, the, the version I saw, uh, what I rented on uh, VOD, was, was pretty compressed, even though it was HD. And I was thinking, oh, I would like to see it, you know, in that less compressed, you know, blue, straight up blue. That would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And a lot of people have, uh, when this first came out, oh, this is kind of comparative to The Shining, only because they're the trapped winter? in a, in a okay. yeah, they're trapped snow-wise in a, in a lodge and isolation and all that. Yeah, Other I than think that, that, it that's has a knowing nothing, use. Yeah. I think, that, that, wasn't yeah. the dog's name Grady? Yeah. Yes. So I'm, I'm pretty that. sure that's a direct shining. Oh, absolutely. Nod. So they, yep. they know what they're, they, they know that they're reminiscent of the shining in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, it's not any way, you know, in any form uh, like the shining, just that isolation winter type thing. So I just wanted to no, say, just, just to kind of piggyback on what you were just saying there, just to throw it forward in the non-spoiler section, you know, they do a great job of creating mood. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. The cinematography really makes the house look isolated, and it makes it look uninvited in the snowy landscape yep. that it's in. Um, it, it captures the atmosphere and mood very well in this. Yep. Definitely, I I completely believed that they were trapped there. Yep. And I will tell you this: I went into this completely blind. I didn't do any. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't, you know. Uh, hear any reviews and what I ask our listeners to do is do the same thing. Yeah. Like when we get into this spoiler um, section, honestly, don't, don't listen to it until you've seen the movie because what I thought it did good was it kept me guessing there for a while uh, uh, near the third, the third act. I, I figured it out where they were going. And that's why I said, I wish they would have thrown one more twist to throw me off or to smack me in the face that might've put it up, you know, another level. 
But at the beginning, man, I was like, what kind of movie is this? You know, because, you know, she comes up the steps when they get to the, um, the lodge and she's trying to find her, her room to put her stuff. And one of the doors like slowly opens and you just see inside the room. And I'm like, is this a ghost movie? You know, is this a haunted lodge movie? What is, I didn't know. I didn't know until it, it played out. So I thought they did a good job with that. Even though I've heard some people say, well, I knew every twist that was coming. I knew. And yeah, yeah. I can see that too. Yeah. I can see that well, too. Well, I think this is where, you know, this is where it affects me because in that second act, they are teasing different avenues yes. and different, like basically, you know, horror subgenres and where that roulette wheel lands. <laughs> Yeah. Is is exactly where you think it should. You well, know? I don't know. I, I'm not entirely sure about that. Um, you don't think it's, <laughs> I think it was probably the the safest. Well, that that's my problem with it. Yeah, yeah. it is definitely the safest. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's what I said. They didn't yeah. go for the jugular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I, I I think I might have misinterpreted what you were saying. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's they they went with a very simplistic safe route in the end and i was kind of disappointed in that you know where you see that roulette roulette wheel spinning you know mm-hmm. and you're kind of you're calling out the number that you want and then you're like ah oh, it, it passes by and you don't get it um then then something like that recently happened to me where i was getting a ride home from a co-worker this is a few months ago and it was somebody i didn't really know that well because i don't really have coworkers, just somebody else in my company going my way and i didn't have a vehicle that day anyway long story short he misses the turn. Uh, I'm like, oh, uh, go that way. He just drives on past. And I'm like, uh, what's up? He's like, oh, no, we'll take this way to get there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I think I know which way he's, he's, <laughs> he's thinking. And then he took a different way. I'm like, okay, now I don't know where this guy's going. Mm-hmm. And it got Bring me into a home. a gravel pit or something. Man. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, right. He dumped me off and killed me. And, yeah. But no, uh, <laughs> yeah, the hitcher. Yeah, and, but he got me home eventually, but taking the longest and, and, and most painful route possible. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say this is painful, but I, I just it, it in the analogy of the roulette wheel, it wasn't where it, it yeah. didn't land. It didn't go the way I wanted. Yeah, yeah it's just kind of like it's like, you know, if somebody gives you pizza, but you're not crazy about the toppings. It's like, yeah, it's it's pizza. Still that's yeah. awesome, man. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm yeah. always I'm, I'm happy to get pizza. You know, yes. um, that's amazing. But man, yeah. you know, I want the one that they're eating over yeah. <laughs> across yeah. the restaurant. That's all. Uh, we're going to get into the spoilers here in just a second right. because okay. I think we've said what we want to say. I, I just wanted to say, and I think everyone should just kind of give a blurb here, whether they recommend this movie or not. I, I think that this is a very, very good movie that is one twist away or one, you know, unsuspecting, you know, turn away from being a great movie. That's, that's how I feel. It's, it's, it's still, you know, in the top five for me of the year, but it's just short, um, of where I I thought it should have been. What about you, uh, Vin? Do you, do you recommend it before we get into our spoilers? No, I do. And I, I agree with pretty much how you put it too, that this was, you know, kind of one twist away. Um, there, there was one, there was they could have added just another thing to push it to a different, you know, stratosphere basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't quite go there. Um, it plays a little bit too safe. I think what, like I said, what they, tr- what they want to do, they do very well. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's just I wish that they push it a little bit more. That's all. Yeah. But Watch yeah, I do him. recommend it. I echo the sentiments that yeah, everything you you both have said. I and I'm very curious because in my notes here, I <laughs> I, I danced around. I, I I was going to mention at some point, and I'm I'm really glad that we're doing a spoiler filled discussion of this because I sort of wrote this vague <laughs> and I think listeners who haven't seen the movie would have been really really frustrated hearing me try to articulate me going like okay here's how I think the ending should have gone and like we would have all gotten it but mm-hmm. so I it, but Mark what you're saying about it being you know one twist away from being great I wonder if we're on the same play you know playing field there if we're on the same level there uh, I, I think this is I high recommend I think you should check it out very good movie if you want some diet Ari Aster Diet Ari Aster, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Ari Aster Light. Yeah, Ari yeah. Aster Light. Yeah. <clears throat> this is the tab of tab. Uh, <laughs> of the horror world. I don't know. If Midsummer was too long for you, then there we yeah, go. You know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that concludes our spoiler-free discussion of the Lodge. Uh, at this moment, I'm going to sound the alert, uh, and this we are going to go into spoilers. Spoilers. So if you have not seen The Lodge, I we recommend that you do not listen to this until you have seen it. You have been warned. Spoiler alert! All right, guys, <clears throat> where we want to take this? Come on, somebody. I have a question. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, this, this one I could have even asked in our spoiler-free discussion, but n- now with the filter off, this I, it can be. I guess we can discuss it more openly. I, I have some que- a, a question about characterization. Do you feel like we're meant to sympathize with the two children once the third act is played out? And, okay. and everything is is revealed because my sympathies were with Grace. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean yes. to be hating on them kids. But even as that final scene at the dinner table is coming to a close, I'm sitting there just like, yeah, I, I, I feel you. And maybe that's got what they deserve. Yeah, but yeah. And maybe a better question might be, who does the film want us to side with here? And, you know, possibly there's beauty in that mysterious gray area. But what, what do you what do you guys think? I think this is a film without a villain. Um, okay. I, I think that those two, yes, what they do to grace is despicable, um, and, and even evil, but I think what you have here is two kids grieving and grace is the, is the, the object, you know, that they're lashing out of at, at, and, and you know, they're children, they're children, and, and and it was like a prank, kind of meant to send her running or not like them, and and I, they had no idea it would go like like that, like it went. Um, I, that's my thing. I, I okay. felt yeah. I felt bad for everybody in the movie, everybody. Yeah. Not as much as I felt for Grace. Yeah, um, but Good lady, you know, yeah. Oh my gosh, hey. They really did a number on her. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and this plays into why I don't date girls with kids. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> first of all, I'm just going to say it. The father, what a jackass. <laughs> okay, first of all, I know. first of all, he, it, it's probably 
safe to say he cheated on the wife with this girl that he was, you know, writing a book about, right? I, right? I guess we what don't I, know. Yeah, they never what, say. That's so. what I felt. You could infer it's, that. I think I, it's I think up, for, yeah. up to interpretation. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he leaves her high and dry with these kids. Yeah, because the know, divorce wasn't finalized in the beginning. No. Yeah. No, not yet. Like he's, that was he's, why, move, he's moving quick. Yeah. And that's why Alicia Silverstone made a decision and blew her mm-hmm. head off. <laughs> yeah. And the decision, Whoa. let's, let's just say, cause oh. it's spoilers, man, but that's suicide. Uh, uh, even watching it again today, like she pulls that gun out of her purse and to her mouth and pop within like a second. I mean, it was like, yeah, there was no like hesitation. <laughs> she was like, she knew what she was going to do. She's going to sit down, have a glass of wine and kill herself and and man it was it was well done yeah and but you were you were so i didn't mean to derail you uh, mark nato you were talking about how very possibly we could we could interpret that there might have been some cheating going on and this dad be the jackass yeah. that he is is yeah <laughs> but bringing this who situation would do about this? who would do this to their kids oh i, I mean, wouldn't yeah. I, my, my kid would only meet the girl i'm with when we're married yeah I'm playing, I'm playing. did you did you notice how much um, Grace kind of looks like a young uh, Alicia Silverstone. She really does. I wasn't sure if I was imagining that. Yes, yes, and I okay. think that's intentional. I really wow. do. If it is, uh, that's. I think that... he traded in oh. the older model for the new model. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> okay, and um, you know, just moved so quick, and and the the mom went off the deep end, couldn't handle it, and then you know, at that point, you might have to put that relationship on hold. You know, I, I don't, when was that? I remember, did they say how long it was between her suicide? Six months. Six months. Okay. Cause then they were doing Thanksgiving dinner and then this was all over Christmas. So yeah, that's too, that's too quick. You know, um, especially knowing how, uh, your kids took it. And we go back to, to those scenes with, with that little girl, you know, grieving and crying. And even in, even at the funeral, is that like any Catholic funeral you've ever been to? No. I've never seen that. Like, um, uh, releasing the, the black balloons. I've, started, you, I've seen that before. Yeah. Have you? I've never seen yeah. that. And was at there any Catholic symbolic, not always black, but sure. yeah, was there any yeah. sim symbolism there? When I don't think so. I, I've mostly seen balloon? it at gravesides. I've seen people do it. No, I mean, yeah, the, girls, the girl's balloon. Yeah, she when it had doesn't all tied to it and it wouldn't yeah. go. Is, is there any symbolism there, or was that just kind of like? I mean, was that just to me? Like, what does that mean? You're you're touching on something that uh, is why I found the third act frustrating. Yes, because the whole time ben the first I, two acts, I keep thinking, I think this is a symbol of something. Uh-huh. I think the movie's telling me something, and then in the very end, it gets so simplistic. I'm like, did that stuff mean nothing? Ben, <laughs> you know. Ben. Yes, thank you. But when when that yeah. balloon did that, I I did not forget that. I was like, that's a deliberate choice there. That you know, then in the second act, that that door creaks open. I'm like, okay, I think I get that. Some balloons fly off, and some balloons don't. And I think this balloon landed here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see what else. <laughs> what other questions we got? What well, are we I mean, about? just just to just to keep going with what we're just brought up here you know um the stuff that i was noticing in the beginning that i thought maybe it would go somewhere right i mean first of all aesthetically we see all this very straight line modern architecture mm-hmm. in the opening 
right? And they keep they keep kind of it seems like you see these the straight line architecture, and then they'll show crucifixes, mm-hmm. which are also straight lines, you know. So and then you you have this contrasting of Alicia Silverstone's character with the father, and it seems like she was more rigid, right? So yeah. rigid like straight lines, and he was maybe looser with things, especially yeah. when it came to religion. And then you they move from this straight line environment to the lodge, which is more organic, right? I mean, I don't know. It's I kept thinking, like, is is this movie telling me something with this? Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have the the girl worrying that her mother's not going to go to heaven. I love mm-hmm. that because it's a suicide. I mean, it's you know, and then it looks inside the dollhouse and you see the dolls praying to a Virgin Mary. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have the Virgin Mary in the cabin. So yep, this is yep. where I thought the movie was going. Right. Same. Um, where you have a Virgin Mary and I'm like, OK, that must equal like righteous mother. Right. So that's maybe the kid's mother still influencing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so she was more strict than the father. Uh, you know, a praying to the Virgin Mary was an indication of their allegiance to her. Um, and, that you know, it, it's it kept <laughs> I felt like I feel like there were these. There were all yeah. these things going on. I mean, especially when it came to religion and faith, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, her father was a religious fanatic, you know, obviously damaged her irreparably. Um, but and then you have the kids' influence with religion, and I thought they were going somewhere a little bit more interesting with that. Like they, those things ended up just being triggers, basically. Yeah, triggers for her for mental grace. breakdown. You know, because mm-hmm. because what I kept thinking in the second half was, OK, so always thinking that maybe the maybe they're playing a prank on her. I don't know. You know, um, but I thought that maybe they were going to start taking the film in an interesting way. Where like, what if they were in purgatory and those who had passed were now influencing them or trying to claim them? So you had like, you know, the oh. mother's soul being able to access and then her father's soul being able to access like that stuff was intruding on them in purgatory. And I'm thinking like, okay, you know, she makes that, she makes that hike wow. out in the, in the snow and you see that cross shaped building. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, could that represent her father? So like, I'm, I'm basically like, I'm trying to put the puzzle pieces together. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, they're just like, oh no, she didn't take her meds. And you <laughs> see it like, it went from being a <laughs> psychological horror to a horror film about a psychosis, yeah, which isn't necessarily the Ill. same thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I mean, Actually, I don't know, Watson, I'm curious about your well, idea the, here. The because... idea of being haunted in purgatory is so fascinating. And well, having it reminded the... me, yeah. you know, it reminded me of, remember in The Others, uh-huh. where you have Nicole Kidman's character, and she's still insisting we have to read the Bible, we have to do all this stuff, you know? Yep. And then at the very end, the kids are just like, well, if we're dead, <laughs> what does that mean for all the stuff that the Bible said where we'd go. And she says, I don't know. And I thought like, you know, that's just the very ending of the others. And I'm like, wow, what if you expanded this into a whole film? That would be amazing. Right. So that's like, I'm seeing that roulette wheel going on. Um, So that's why when they said like, you know, Oh no, she just like basically, you know, she just becomes a psychotic. I'm like, Oh, all right. (laughs) I mean, you've got, you've got the horror of, of this girl and, and what this cult had done to her. And that she couldn't escape it, you know, and it, it, it had basically caused her to have, you know, crippling anxiety and, and mental illness or whatever. And without those meds, you know, it came back to haunt her and, and drew, drove yeah, her over the I, brink. I find you know? it very hard to believe that the father had no idea that she was taking these meds. Um, like he wrote oh, a yeah. book about her. He, yeah. <laughs> he's in a long well, That's what I'm saying. Kind of makes me think like, what, what kind of father would do that? Yeah. 
and I mean, wants let's, let's, and then, hey, let me let me show her how to use the gun. Yeah, oh, yeah. she already <laughs> knows. She's a crack shot. Right. You know, um, she's already dirty little, hairy with this thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, but, and really, what it is is it ends up, you know, with an ending that seems a little too cliche and too simple for what the movie, you know, looked like it was gonna, mm-hmm. how it was gonna go. And, yeah. What would you have wanted, I, Mark? Huh? What would you have wanted? You you you've mentioned before that there was one. This was one twist away from from being would, great. What would you have wanted to see? Because I had I had an image been, in my head. It of, would have been neat. Yeah. For at the so, end, for Grace to have been the one, like, to have been playing them. Oh, and, interesting. Okay. And and like, some sort of. You know, like she, I don't know, like maybe she knows what was going on the whole time and she was playing the father and the kids the whole time in order to, you know, complete this death pact. Oh, then her cult shows up. No, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's what I was going to think. Like there was going to be a a bunch of people out there, uh, you know, standing in front of the lodge, you know, that would have been a good image, you, you know, something, um, but you know, it, it didn't. It didn't go there. No, I, I do. I do. I like the ending. You know, yep. the, these kids. You know, they played with fire. They yep. got burnt. And you know, I don't even think uh, we don't hear the gunshots, right? Mm-mm. But we see the gun laying there, and all that's visible is two bullets. Okay, she shot the father in the head, and she tried to shoot herself in the head. Remember. And it just clicked. So the, it's not fully loaded. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it hasn't been loaded again since the dad took her out to shoot, right? So okay. I think he. I think she just kills the two kids, and again, she's the lone survivor. Yeah. To to move on and and tell everyone about, you know, I don't think she killed herself. You know, I, that's I'd just like to me. believe she doesn't. Yeah. You yeah. know what? What I would have liked is because if. If I had had my ending, you know, well, I mean, aside if without changing too much of the of what we initially got, we would have actually maybe seen the kills or they would have been more than implied. And then we find the two kids back in the empty lodge and their mom is there and they rush to hug her like, oh, my God, are we in heaven? And her mom is and her, their mom just goes, no, I would uh-huh. have been like, oh, ouch yeah. like they're no. in purgatory they're, now or they're in yeah, hell they're, now they're in hell <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah i mean it, it could have gone a number of different ways i, I think yeah. one of the issues was it it strains some credulity when it comes to how quickly she loses her mind sure. you know like she takes yeah she has antipsychotic medication but like it's like that medication has a half-life of two hours you know, like she, she only goes like two days without it or something. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like she's, you know, months without this stuff. And she's like full blown psychotic by the end. Um, it, it seems a very quick decline. Yeah. And they were <laughs> for playing somebody that sermons. should still be inside her system. Well, you know? But, yeah. <laughs> but you have to understand they were egging it on. It wasn't like she wasn't taking her pills and everything was normal. Uh, they were doing things to push her over the edge. Oh, certainly, yeah. They, the they were they were yeah. hitting every trigger. I mean, they were they were playing. Uh, you know, that was stuff. very elaborate. Yes, <laughs> well, the dollhouse scene yeah. where we see yeah. where the father sees that they had that this was premeditated. Uh, yeah. but by the by the diorama there, I I liked that. I thought that was yeah. cool. Yeah, so that that's 
they use the dollhouse, right, to to lay out their yeah. plan. <laughs> so, like I said, there is a nastiness here that really appealed to me. But you know, yeah, it was, it was sort of like, like like with Vin. I was like, oh, she just didn't take her pills. Okay, yeah. this is a good movie. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate homies. But yeah, yeah I it, it was kind of like I did not know that these filmmakers had did Goodnight Mommy because the third act of that was one of those where I had suspected. I'm like, huh, something's up here with this twin thing. And then I was like, well, my least favorite ending would be this, but hopefully they don't do that. Then they did it. And I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what the ending of that movie was, but I remember being disappointed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. that's their thing is, is maybe, you know, maybe us with endings of good movies, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but you know, this is just a, this is the, um, the gaslighting. Yeah, is what this yeah. is, you know, and and there's even, um, I think there's like a a, a little bit of a, a clue there, because they they use a gas lamp. Did you know that? Yeah, that's right. It, right, I and I, I, I'm almost like that's a clue. They're like, gaslighting her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are literally. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nice. Yep. It does sound like they made the film they wanted to make, and I'm, I always respect that. You know, whether whether films are, you know, su- even if I don't necessarily like where it goes, uh, or or maybe like if it's Nicholas Winding Refn and it's like super self indulgent. I but n- regardless, I like it when filmmakers make the film they want. It seems like they did, mm-hmm. so I, I I can't hate too much that it it disappointed or that the ending wasn't what I would have written. Mm. Um, there are some things with execution, like, like you know, we're talking about we're stretching credulity there with the psychosis. And yeah, they are manipulating things. It is premeditated. That's super nasty and bleak, and I like that. But gosh, I, I'm still... Yeah, I, I, I like this movie. I will be giving this another watch before year's end for certain. Mm. Mark, do you think you'll be watching it anymore? Have you gotten your fill? Uh, I mean, for now, uh, I will definitely probably watch it again. Uh, before the end of the year, you know, to, yeah. to revisit for my, my list yeah. uh, for the end of the year. Um, but I mean, well, well, you'll be watching another 300 movies before then. Absolutely. <laughs> what but, about you, Vin? Um, yeah, I don't do a lot of rewatches, uh, within a year. <laughs> me <laughs> it takes me a while. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> you know, this, I, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't mind returning to this at some point, but I'm not eager to jump right back into it. Sure. Sure. You know, you're not um, be, eager be, to, to be depressed. Uh, well, I mean, this, it, this is a depressing movie. It is. Oh, it, it certainly is. is. Yeah, bleak. one of the things that I also kept thinking that that I kind of wish that there was another thread that was connected was, you know, we have this. They they show us a graphic suicide in the first ten minutes. So I kind of wish that that had a little bit more of a through line in certain ways. You know, like like these kids that their plan is so elaborate. It's so cruel what they do. I kind of wish that there was something towards the end. Like you almost, you know, you mentioned twists. We're like, what if we find out the mother was actually pretty twisted? You know, like, mm-hmm. w- you know, that would that would make the kids get this way in a certain mm-hmm. way. You know, that she oh. wasn't just, you know, yeah, we know she was depressed. Maybe what if she was also kind of crazy? You know, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it would have maybe given some more background to why the parents relationship didn't work out even. And I don't know. Um, you couldn't do it with, with that scene, but what if she had faked her death and it was her putting the kids up to it. And at the end, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? There's <laughs> yeah, just I, a lot of, I'm different... not looking for that kind of twist. I'm looking for more of more of it to fit, you know, into the, the narrative that's already existing. You know, mm-hmm. make that make that scene mean more than just a shock. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. like she, we, we could have just been told in the very beginning that she had killed herself. You know, we didn't have to see it. So the fact that they, they give us a shocking scene to make us witness this unexpected suicide, I feel like there should be more of a payoff to that at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it, it, you know, it frustrates me a little bit uh, that it's so close to greatness. It really does. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel that way about Goodnight Mommy, too. It, it's close, very close to greatness. But, um, you know, maybe maybe their third movie, the, the third movie, the third time would be the charm. And maybe sure. they they feel like, you know, that they can really go for the jugular. But I mean, you look at. There's a lot of what 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 is that um, term, Vin, where you can take frames from a movie and it can be a, a based on piece. scene. Yeah, I, I feel that way about this movie. There's a lot of that in this movie. Just the the setting with the lodge and the snow and the tr- the snow covered trees, you know, behind it. It, it was very, um, you know, whatever that word is. I thought it was. Uh, <clears throat> it's very well directed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just the script that I have some issues with, really. Yeah. You know, the storyline, that's all. But yeah. the directing is very good. Yeah. All right. What else? Do we have anything else that we want to, to chat about? I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's uh, uh, pretty, pretty um, played out what we've been talking about. So, I mean, we, we've, yeah, sure. we've yeah. all... I think I've covered the main things I wanted to yeah. bring up. Yeah, same. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Should should we even do um, number ratings? I mean, Mr. Watson, you said you didn't have you didn't have any. I, I, do you think I, you I, have one now? I think so. I think I've okay. got one now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let, let's go ahead and and, and rate it. Um, let's go with uh, Vin first. Uh, so I'm at an eight out of ten. Um, I. Like I said, I've been struggling with this because I think of certain parts of this film and I want to push it higher. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I think of other parts and I, it kind of keeps pushing it down. Um, you know, ultimately, the, the film, what the film gives us um, as the actual story, what they want to tell, for me, just wasn't as interesting as the first two acts, uh, what those first two acts were hinting at. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just an overly simplistic third act in a certain way. Um that I don't think entirely lives up the first two acts, but still um, very well done for what they were trying to do. And I still think it's something that people should check out. Um, you know, I think it's, it still remains one of the, so far one of the must sees of this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, eight out of 10. All right, Watson. I landed at that eight range myself. Yeah. There's, I mean, there, folks, there, there's a solid story at work here in the lodge. And I, I appreciate the hell out of that. In the first act of the movie with, you know, Alicia Silverstone's character and her suicide, and then in the third act with Grace's character and what she does at the dinner table or we what we presume she does, you know, we're given a picture of what someone can be driven to when events spiral out of their control. It's a neat little bookend to the rest of the story, and I liked that. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm still struggling with the sense that, you know, that I got that the third act was a, maybe a little anticlimactic to me, but maybe that's just, you know, we were, it seemed like we were negotiating with the film a lot and going like, mm-hmm. well, you know, here's what would have made it better, but still it's a good movie. I can't hate, uh, you know, it, it's, it's bleak, it's dark, it's nasty. Uh, I, yeah. I'm at that eight out of 10 cool flick. Like I said, you want some tabs, some of that diet Ari Aster, come mm-hmm. get it. You, you, yep. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I can't agree with everybody, but but I do give it a little bit higher of a score. Like I, the year that um, Hereditary came out, I gave Hereditary uh, like a nine point seven five. I mean, it, it it might even be a ten. I don't know. It 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 might very well be a ten. And this one is uh, like to me. I don't usually give those point two five scores, but eight eight point seven five. Nice. Uh, it's almost a nine. If it had just gone for the jugular, if it had just had that one more twist, if it had just gone someplace that, you know, just really would have left my jaw dropping, uh, then then it would definitely uh, been way up there. But it is still a movie to be watched. Uh, seek it out. It It's not free yet. Uh, it is. Well, it is on Hulu. If you have Hulu, it's it's free. Uh, otherwise, you can rent it for like three ninety nine or four ninety nine on your um, VOD or on demand, and you can also purchase it on Blu Ray. Uh, right now, it's like I said, it's up there in my top five. I mean, uh, have you guys seen um, One BR yet? Yes. Yeah, I really like, I like that, that movie. No, not yet. One BR, uh, VFW, The Wretched is another great one. Yeah, that Wretched was great. I'm glad you yes. recommended that. Yeah, uh, the closet which should be Ooh. coming out. Uh, Haven't seen that. Soon. Oh, oh yeah, really good. Uh, cool. Eight, South African horror tale that that's really good. So th- there's a lot of good stuff um, that's coming out, and it's right up there with them. You know, in in terms of how well made it is, and how well directed and acted, and and all of that, it, it just needed that that extra twist. But you know. We can't have everything that we want, so that's all right. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, for listening, and uh, we're going to give our plugs, and we're going to get out of here. So, uh, Watson, why don't you tell everybody where they can uh, find you on the Internet? All right, all right. Well, I'm one half of the Watsy Party Horror Show. I'm the Watt. My co-host, Dave Z, is the Z. And on our three-act podcast, we do the following. Number one, we take a look at the monthly horror releases. Number two, we dive into a horror topic of discussion. And number three, we get in depth on a horror film of our choosing. Any of you listeners who need another show to engage with in that same fun and smart way for which this here horror cast is well known, well, here's what you do. Get on Google, get on your podcatching app of choice, horrorphilia.com, type in Watzy, W-A-T-Z-E-E, you'll find us. Once again, with a Watsy Party Horror Show. Join the party, celebrate horror with us. That's where you can find me. Sweet. Then... Uh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Vin Horrorcast. Uh, you know, find me in the Horrorcast group page, and uh, I have a blog, thebourbonreview.com, which hopefully I'll start writing for again soon. Yeah, man, get over this, uh, you know, master's degree or whatever you're going for. <laughs> you know, yeah, I bailed on mine. <laughs> the important thing in life is blogging about horror. Okay? Right there, we go. <laughs> get yourself together. All right. Well, you can uh, check us out on uh, Facebook at the Horrorcast group page or my Mark Nato uh, page. I'm doing a little horror movie tournament right now that I'm having fun with. A lot of a lot of uh, upsets in this first round of the paranormal oh supernatural. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can email us if you're old school like that. Ask the horrorcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the HCast. And we're also on Instagram at the horrorcast. And I think that's about it, guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, next week, uh, we're going to have a rotten round table. And the week after that, 
for episode number 87. We don't even know what we're doing yet, but we're going <laughs> to, we're going to have another episode for you and uh, two new movies and hopefully you'll tune back in. So this has been the horror cast where it's all killer, no filler, stay scared. <laughs>